0: Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I wanna thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbroussard.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. So it's the start of National Vocations Awareness Week. Um, so I thought, literally uh, five minutes before Mass, um, let's just do a Q&A for the homily. Um, so literally, wide open. Um, any questions you may have about um vocations about religious life about the priesthood about my vocation anything about that wide open um maybe you're a young person how do you discern a vocation maybe you're an older person who's already in a vocation but have nephews and nieces and aunts and uncles or whatever you're just curious so um i'm gonna give you 20 seconds in quiet and silence What questions are burning in your heart that you would want to ask or know or have clarity around just a vocation Okay, so this is wide open. We're either gonna soar or we're gonna crash and burn. So, you need to see hands, can't read your mind. Uh, Anybody, like, um, yeah, sir. What is a vocation? What is a vocation, great question. A vocation is, uh, by the way, we all have a vocation. A vocation is the way that we live out our relationship with God in this life. In other words, it's a call by God to love him and to serve him. We're all created by God, for God. God in heaven created us to share his love with us here on earth so that in sharing his love here on earth, we could be one day with him forever in heaven. So the way that we love him and we serve him in the particular way he calls us to is a vocation. So um, I'll anticipate maybe the next question. What vocations are there, right? There's single life. Some people are called just to be single. They're not called to marriage, they're not called to priesthood, they're not called to be religious, none, right? They're just called to live as a single person. But just because they're a single person doesn't mean they weren't wanted, doesn't mean they weren't needed, doesn't mean they they can't love people, no. They love people in this world, but maybe in a single way not committed to a particular person. Some people live uh, the single life in a consecrated way. So maybe you've heard of uh, consecrated virgins um, or just a person who consecrates their life to God. That means I'm not going to get married. uh, I'm not going to be a priest. I'm not going to be a nun. But I'm going to set my life apart. To consecrate something means to set it apart. Set it apart for God. So I'm going to love God and serve God in a certain capacity. Um, In this life, I'm going to dedicate my life to prayer, personally. Um, Sister Claudia, maybe you've seen her around. She's, it's not fair, it's kind of, um, it's not a good example. There um, There are other people, she would be an example of a nun, but... So consecrated. I don't want to get bogged down. Consecrated, a single person. There's also religious. Um, So religious is a person who, let's say um, a woman who, a a girl who wants to give their life to the Lord and live for him in the service of him, in the glory of his kingdom. So I might join a community. So there's famous ones like the Carmelites. Uh, There's the um, the Benedictines, you've heard of these, like the Franciscans, all of these famous saints who started orders. There's some new orders like popping up all over the place. Um, like the, the sisters of light, or they have different mother Teresa, right? The, the, um, missionaries of charity, right? They have a particular way that they serve the, um, they serve God's people, like they serve the poor. Um, or it could be, um, a male, uh, male religious, so I can join an order. Um, we probably like Father Champagne um, down in Saint Martinville. He would be an example of a religious priest. So he 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 joined. He's part of a religious order. People who join like Father Champagne's order, they live a certain way of life, an order of life. So they pray at particular times. They they have a particular spirituality so they they serve the poor um, and they teach a lot or you can have the priesthood right Uh, i don't need to explain that Um, or there's married life which is probably the most common vocation in this gathering people who are called to serve god through marriage that's very important for us to hear those of you who are married you have a vocation to love and serve God through your marriage. Just because you're getting married, it's not like, oh yeah, I don't have a vocation. I'm, I'm not meant to serve God. No, we're all called to love and serve God and we all have a vocation. So, great question. What else? Who else? Hands. <laughs> I saw that. Yes, ma'am. When did I hear God calling me to be a priest? Um, at various times in my life. Um, I remember the first time I was uh, sitting at kitchen table, I was probably 12, Father Randy Morrow comes in the house. He was coming just visit uh, to have coffee with my mom. Um, and as he was leaving, I remember him saying, hey, and this is like the classic, uh, just hook, you know, set the hook, right? He was like, hey, remember there's, uh, there's an empty spot at the seminary, just waiting for you. He just kind of walked out, um, and I remember thinking to myself, "Just wouldn't it like crazy?" I was just like, "Oh, I like I could I could do that. Like that would not be." That would be an option I would consider, like I could can see myself doing that. And I just remember that was the first time I remember thinking about it. Um, and at various times during my confirmation as a, a junior in high school, um, that was part of a, a big experience of the Holy Spirit and I thought about it. Um, when I was in uh, high school, I made a retreat, a, a search retreat, I believe, and I thought about it then. And then um, right before I was gonna enter graduate school at LSU, that was probably the biggest moment where I heard God specifically um, bringing up my confirmation again and uh, reminding me of how much I love the Lord and how much I, I really wanted to, to follow him in a particular way. So that was probably the loudest, clearest when I was a junior in, between my junior and senior year, in college. Questions? Anything? Nothing's off limits. It again. How and when will I learn my vocation? Great question. Um, it's, gosh, not what you want to hear. It's different for everybody, right? So um, uh, it, as a priesthood, we have what we call like late vocations. Like what does late mean, right? It means that um, like in the priesthood, there are some guys who were, this is going to mess everything up. They were married. They were married at one time. They had kids, and their wife died, and then they felt called to be a priest. We would call that a late vocation. Um, there were some guys who they were in the workforce, like they were working. They had a job. They were working for like ten years, fifteen years, in whatever reason God like just made it clear that He was calling them for a change and calling them to the priesthood. So they, when I was in the seminary, so I had people in my class. Um, I was like 26. I had guys who were like 50, 60, you know, all over the place, but we were all in the same class. So I was ordained with people ahead of me, older than me, younger than me. Um, So it, it just depends. Um, But I'll tell you this much, you will never know if you're not listening. So um, this is probably the hardest part for me was learning how to listen to God. I don't know if you're like me, but, man, I talk a lot. Like, I don't really talk a lot, like out loud, but in my head, I talk a lot up here, like a lot, lot. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in my head. Um, when I'm, I mean, when I'm quiet, like physically quiet, it don't mean I'm quiet because there's like all kinds of things going on. And I remember trying to hear God. I was begging God, like, God, please speak to me. God, please speak to me. And I remember uh, when I was in college at Christ the King, um, I just would go to adoration over and over again. I was begging, begging God. And finally I realized, man, I've been here for months, and I've been sitting here for 45 minutes, and I just haven't stopped thinking of things, and I'm just talking in my brain that God showed me if you would just stop talking and listen, you might be able to hear my voice. So um, when will we hear his voice call? I don't know, but I do know we'll never hear it if we're not listening. And some of us have made just, just mistakes. You know, we, we choose something that just looks good, it feels good, uh, it makes logical sense. I'm going to be an engineer because my dad and my grandpa and my great-grandpa and my great-great-grandpa and I'm good at math. So I'm just going to be an engineer because they make good money and UL has a good engineering program and it'll be a stable career. And I don't know if that made any sense to you. But then we like, you know, we're 40 years old and we think, did I ever, ever think about what God was calling me to do? So, great question. I don't know if I answered it, but it was fun. (laughs) Anybody else? Two. Two. You only get one. So what what made you want to be a parish priest versus Sure. What made me want to be a parish priest rather than like a religious priest? Great question, because that's part of discernment, right? This is called discernment. So for those of you who are thinking about a vocation, we are discerning. Like I remember when I was discerning, I was like, "Lord, I will be a married. I, I would love to be married. I would love to have kids. I'm not sure about the single life. I'm open to be a priest." So I was. A discernment means to sift through options. We want to pick the best option. Like we don't discern between a bad and a good option. That's not discernment. That's just you just choose the good. But we always want to discern and sift through two good things, like married life and children. That's a good thing. Priesthood. That's a good thing. So, I was discerning those two things, and when I discerned that I was going to be a priest, then I began to discern, well, what kind of priest? Diocesan priest, which is what I am, we pledge commitment and loyalty and promise to the diocesan bishop so I can my mom always says um are you ever going to be in like Italy or Rome or South America or I'm like no I have a very limited space in our diocese I can't go outside of our diocese but religious priests can go all over the place right it's a different way of of understanding so What made me decide to be a diocesan priest? I remember immediately when I decided to be a priest, I thought about being uh, a couple of different kinds of priest. Um, I won't say what they are because it's going to tip the hat on where I was at the time. But um, I was kind of gung ho. I was like, I want like the most hardcore, the most like, I want to go to the ends of the earth. I want to do what Jesus said to do. I just want like, who's who's the military? Who's like the marines out there? Who's the hardcore? Like, I want to give it all. And I remember, I think what the Lord showed me is that he raised me in South Louisiana. He raised me in Abbeville, Louisiana. He raised me with a mom and a dad from here. He raised me hunting. He raised me fishing. He raised me to love the things that our people love. Um, And as much as I wanted to give all that stuff away to God, he actually said, I'm going to use all of that stuff. I'm going to use that through you to connect with people to love them and to serve them. So I want you here um, because you will be comfortable here. Not just be comfortable, but people will be comfortable with you. And I will. you will be a great instrument. So um, in lieu of being a missionary, going to the ends of the earth, um, I think the Lord said you will be a missionary here, but just like to my people. And so as much as I want to give up golf and hunting and fishing, somehow God uses all that to bring people to him here in the diocese. So, you did have a second question. I don't want to rob you. Let's just wait and see if any, anybody else has questions. In the back, come on. There was like a, tons of young people here. Okay, you got to speak high. Why don't your dad echo that? When did I start being a priest? I know I look really young. Don't I look young? How, how old do I look? How old do I look? 31. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not old enough to appreciate that, but um, I'm 45. I started being a priest at 20... (laughs) um, 26, I believe. 26. 2005. I was born in 1978. So y'all do the math. Um, Yes, so I've been a priest 18 years. Good question. There was... Yeah, all right, um, one more. I need one more from a high school, st- there you go. Go ahead. What does the typical day in the life of a priest look like? What does a typical day in the life of a priest look like? Right, so, right, well, y'all all know what we do. I mean, we sleep late. <laughs> I eat chocolate five times a day. I only say mass on the weekends. I mean and then half all the do guys, I have Dugas, so I'll only say like half of the masses on the weekends, right um, gosh, um, no, typical day um, so um, typical day, so um, just in your life and in my life, balance is very important, so I take balance very seriously. Um, I can tend to be a workaholic, so um, I want to make sure at least i 'm um, praying every day i 'm um, I wish. I'm playing every day. That doesn't always happen. Um, I'm exercising at least uh, twice a week. And um, at least I'm with friends and family that are healthy for me. That fills in the gap. So a typical day, um, wake up probably um, 4.30, 5.00. I may go to the gym. I may go to the chapel. I'm going to pray about an hour. I'm going to take out my dog because I just got a dog. Um, I'm giving you all the details. So take out the dog. Do the coffee thing. Um, Get ready. Maybe if I have mass, I'll have mass. uh, Confessions 8.00 Mass 830, I'm gonna go to the office. I probably have some um, appointments. Um, We do meetings uh, as a team with the parish and the school get together and we talk strategy. We pray, we discern like, what is God calling us to? So I have those kind of meetings. Um, Then I maybe do some spiritual direction. People come in for, uh, they have troubles, confessions, um, appointments. Um, I meet again with, uh, the leaders of my team just to talk about, okay, where are we going? Are we doing what we say we were going to do? Um, like we have a preaching series coming up for Advent. So we're going to, I'm going to get together with Father Duga and we're going to pray and we're going to write stuff down and we're going to clarify. Um, Pop-up funerals, people lose people in their lives, and so there's there's a process for funerals. Um, marriage preparation, people are getting married, so we meet like, um, we have some preparation for that. Um, people are working through annulments, so people come talk to us for annulments, and uh, it's a wonderful way to, to walk through with that. Um, and then the school, like just trying to be present to the school, um, some of the athletic events, just showing up and being present. Um, confessions, sacraments, all those things. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I would love to show you my schedule in case you're interested. Um, and when y'all get off on the weekends, when y'all have like wonderful weekends, um, yeah, we just get cranking. We just get warmed up. Um, so um, I do take a day off on Monday. Uh, Monday is my day off, which is um, Sabbath. So I try to try to slow down and do nothing. Let's wrap this up. Um, what would I have asked if I were you? Hmm. Why a priest? I used to get that question. I don't get it as much often. What a waste. Gosh. I used to get the what a waste thing. Like, never, never understood that. Um, I remember discerning the priesthood, and my biggest hangup was, Lord, if I give up everything this is the big question, and maybe some of you young people are asking this. If I would give up everything, is God going to be enough? Like, I don't want to be that old priest who's by himself, who's just lonely, who's crotchety, who's mean, who lives by himself. Ugh, right? Like, who wants that, right? You used to talk to God and be like, God, would, would you call me to be miserable? Would you call me to a life that's sad? Would you call me to give up everything and just be sad? You could not, that can't be you. Like, that's not God. And what God has shown me and he continues to show me is that God has said and he has proven to me that he is enough. The more I give God my life, the more I give him my mind, the more I give him my heart, the more I realize that he satisfies me and the longings and the cravings of my heart more than anything that I could possibly be filling it with in the world. And I'm not saying a relationship with a person would not satisfy me. But what I am saying is, God is a person. And I do have a relationship with him. And he does satisfy me. And just, um, I know that's that's very hard for some people to to imagine because many of you are married and you can't imagine um, having a deep, intimate relationship with someone that you can't see, that you can't touch, that you can't hold. But God is real. And God is alive. And God wants to have an intimate relationship with all of you. And I think in in the priesthood and and people who consecrate their lives to the Lord, I think maybe God, and this is a grace, this is why it's a calling, God has maybe um, shown us a certain um, aspect of his intimacy, of him, that he calls us into a deeper, specific, particular, almost he's jealous for our heart relationship. And those of you who are discerning the priesthood or religious life, God will give you the courage if you just give him a little bit. Like, the more you say yes, it doesn't mean your first yes isn't going to clarify everything. Like, when I said yes, I'm going to enter the priesthood, that was just the beginning of a journey of many different yeses, of many questions. I didn't have everything figured out. In fact, more questions came up. But as I would enter into relationship with the Lord, more things began to open up, and more questions came up, and the Lord continued to answer. And finally at the end, I said, you know what? I get it. Like, you're enough. You've answered all my questions. I'm not afraid anymore. So I'll end with this. The number one reason young men enter the priesthood is because someone in their life has said to them or mentioned to them or asked them, have they ever thought about being a priest? In other words, someone in their life has said, I see something in you that is special, that is is just holy, like... um, I just noticed there's a a particular um, reverence or there's something different in you. Have you ever thought about being a priest? That's the number one factor that young men say is the reason they entered the priesthood because someone saw something about them. So I have a challenge for you. I want you to think about, and you can apply this to women too, right? If there are any young men and young women in your life that you have seen maybe from a distance or maybe you're in relationship with even your family, your friends, your nephews, your nieces. I know that's scary to even think about. And God forbid your own children. And you've never told them, hey, let's see something special in you. Have you ever thought, or maybe you ought to consider being a priest or maybe a religious life. I would really encourage you to be bold and just to get out of yourself. Maybe God is trying to use you just to open up a door or a window in that person. You might affirm something that they're thinking. So I want you to think of one person this week and I want you to share with them or ask them the question, have you ever thought about being a priest or religious? Or just say, I see something special in you. Just wanted you to know that, deal? That's 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 like awful right there. That's, can we can we all commit to one thing this week? Just one. All right. Thank you.